Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weimiger and Harav Nissens. Mordechai Weimiger, LCSW, licensed clinical social worker, means represents that we plan on Merit Hashem taking your questions about the mental health and emotional field. and really looking forward to taking any questions or comments that there is. So the number to call in, we would like to take phone call questions first over any text that there are. The number to call in is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. Looking forward to taking that question or comment. Or you can text a question, but again, we will be taking phone callers over the text to 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. And one more time, the number to call is 718-683-5858. Looking forward to taking your question. So just before we get the callers coming in, we're going to read over here one of the texts that we received a little earlier. I have a 16-year-old girl living with us, and she is dishonest with me. She thinks she can be a free bird and is an oibrachachim. She doesn't want to hear anything about Yiddishkeit. I had an incident today. I noticed that she used one of my personal belongings, what should I do and what should I say to her? Yep, these are the issues that we have when you get text questions like that because you're getting a question that takes about 50 hours to explain each step, and I can explain to you each step, what I'm referring to, what needs explanation about 10 hours each, and let's start taking this question apart. I have a 16-year-old girl living with us, period. Now let's assume that the 16-year-old girl means she's not of your family member. She's not, she wasn't born into your family. She might be a niece, she might be a nephew, she might be an aunt, she might be anyone there, but it's not your, it's not your, um, can't be an aunt, but it's not your initial child that was born to you. Now, what happens when you have children coming into your house? Did you prepare her? Did you prepare yourself for someone to guide you during the guidance steps? Did you prepare your children? Did you give yourself time for a break that this way you can recharge? Did you give them a, chain, a chance for them to be able to work things out if they need a little break of you? Now, this is even before we even start with your question. Next issue, just again, and this is all part of, as I call it, the pre-therapy conversation before you do something like this. Do you know what issues this girl had or what was going on in the family ahead of time? Was there anger? Were there screaming? Was there neglect? Was there tightness with money? which means many times if someone comes from a household where whatever they asked the parents was always a no, her first instinct will always be to unfortunately use the word steal or to take because that was their only survival method. But they don't steal, and they don't, and they're actually not taking. The only issue is that simply they need to be educated about how you interact in a healthy family setting. Now, this is just one of the points. Even before we even got to the dishonest part and to the rest, we are going to go to a caller. Ms. G, an 11-year-old, you're on. Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hello? Yes. Hi. Um, I have a question. Go ahead. Uh, today's show is, um, what's today's show exactly? No, this is, um, you're probably referring to Dr. Simcha Cohen. We ask any questions. It's... Yes? What? Um... What is your, it's this, you're probably referring to Dr. Simon. Thanks. Okay. Um, so again, the number to call and ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Now let's go back to this question that we have. So step number, step number one is just when the girl's coming in, 
what was her history? What are the issues you're going to have to be dealing with? Did you prepare yourself for someone to guide you? Did you prepare someone to guide your children? Did you prepare and to have an idea what's going to happen when there are going to be conflicts between the 16-year-old and your children, which is something normal to happen, not because there's a problem with her, because any time that you have someone entering a family or entering a system, this issue will come up. Now you're coming to the next sentence over there. She is dishonest with me. Well, what's going on in her past? Was it safe for her to ever be honest? Is she really being dishonest, or did she just have, or, or did she, or was she afraid for anything to happen to her? So when we say dishonest, we need to know what's going on by her. We are going to go to Ms. T. Ms. You're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Yes, hi. Yes. Hello? It's okay. Um, I, have a, um, I have a friend that has been sent for a while already, and it was basically a healthy friendship. And this past summer, she worked with another girl. And I feel like she's, this other girl that she worked with is like taking, I don't know if taking over our friendship, but I don't feel like our friendship is the same anymore. So I want to know if I, so my question is if I should, if I'm supposed to go over to someone and talk to them about it, or should I go over to this girl directly and tell her how I'm feeling? Well, what's wrong with both of them? Well, let's first say, what's the difference with what you do? As long as you're open and you don't keep it in and you communicate it. So I should rather talk to her directly. Of course. Well, let's, put it, let's have you recognize and answer the question. What's the benefit if you talk to her directly? So the thing is that if I tell her something, then either it'll backfire or she'll treat me like extra nice, which won't either be like so. Excellent. So how but, about you discuss that in your pre-talk? That means you actually tell her, you know, I want to discuss something with you, but I don't want it to backfire. I want to discuss it like, adult, like mature adults. Can we try that? Okay. Does that make sense? What would happen? What do you think would happen if you would tell her, can we please be like a mature adult? Uh-huh. What do you think will happen if you discuss it, if you tell her that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. So you said you'd rather talk to her directly. Yeah, but now my question is, I'd like to take it to you. Have you ever tried speaking to someone directly and they didn't work out well? Um, I don't remember exactly, but I, I, yeah, I think something went back there, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. So, so I shouldn't get anyone involved at all? I'd rather not. Well, first try it yourself. If you can't do it yourself, then you can try getting others involved. Trust yourself a little. This is Mertesham setting you up for your future. There's a difficulty. You work it out. You might even try speaking to her two, three times about it. And if that still doesn't work out, then you try maybe getting a third person involved. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Okay. And the good number night. to call in, sure, good night, is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And again, looking forward to taking your questions or comments. We are going to go to Mrs. T. Today is day. Mrs. T, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hello? Hello, hello. That's me speaking. Yes. You're talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you. Oh, I'm, I'm Mrs. L. Not, oh, um, I'm sorry. It came up as by me as Mrs. T. Okay, Mrs. L. Thank you for calling in. What is your question or comment? I, I don't hear you. Ask, would you like to call back from another line, please? I'm going to try. Okay. I can hear you, but I'm I'm hearing you, but 
quiet. Go ahead. What's your question or comment? Okay, I, I'm, I'm this person who texts you about the 16-year-old girl. Yep. And it's, it's, it's that I noticed, like, that she would take my cell phone and go on the Internet with it. Let's start and a I'm second. Like, What's your relationship to her? Why did you take her in? How long is she in your house? What preparations did you have? I don't even want to hear you at the symptom. We're not even dealing yet with the issue. Her background is that she she used to um, go around to families. She used to she she didn't live for a long time at home. Yeah, she lived by, and I think it's a, a like a surviving skill that she, what she's doing. Of course it is. Of course it is. Now my question to you: Are you having anyone guide you? How to deal with her? She, I think she is um, going to go to therapy now. Let me ask Sorry, you, notice I my question. Is someone guiding you, you and your husband, are you guys going to therapy for advice? You, you and no. your husband, not yet her. It was meant to be like for one week, one week yeah. uh-huh. and that one week started, continued to be like four weeks already. Okay. And she so, isn't thinking, she doesn't want to think about going home. Okay. So how long, what are you planning? How long do you expect her to be by you? A week, another month, another year? I mean, I first want to stop a second and give you credit. You need to realize that, Ashraich, it's unbelievable what you're doing that you're taking someone in. I had a host to speak to a Rebbe recently, and he told me that we're somehow, it was a question that came up about Hilchus Yichud and at what age... If you adopt a child, if you take someone in the house, is there a problem with or not? So he told me he, his wife was a teacher, and there was a girl that had lots of difficulties, and the, the, whatever, the school, the government got involved, so they took her in, this teacher took her in. And he says it's about 15 years later, they married her off, and he says there were a lot of halacha shiles that came up, and because they lived in Eretz Yisrael, they were speaking to Shlomo Zalman Orbach, and it was amazing to hear the, the piske halacha that Shlomo Zalman Orbach told him. It was unbelievable to hear a lot of the heterim, of what's needed when you're going to have someone that's a little older, if you take them in your house, a lot of shiles of Yichud, the husband, the boys, are in the house, they do talk, they don't talk, there's so much going on. And it's amazing the Heter that Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach gave him and said, because you need to realize, otherwise, how would you ever take in a Yiddish and a Shaman by taking in someone into your house? You're saving Deira Deira. So it's unbelievable the brachas and the schus that Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach, you know, gave them and, and how involved he was in that family just for that mitzvah. So I want you to realize, taking her in, there's a lot of bumps that you're going to be going through. But if you can look at the long run, if you can look at the uh, success that you will be having with Siata Deshmaya, it's, it's unbelievable. So now let's take a step back. If she's by you for already four weeks, it's supposed to be for a week, what does it look like? How long do you think you might keep her longer? It, it looks like it's going to go on for much longer, but... Um... Her father isn't, like, talking to my husband. He's a family friend. Yes. Um, her father and their mother is not well. Yes. So. Okay, so you are now taking her. What I'd like to, my first, first, first immediate suggestion is that you find out any therapist or you go to any agency or you speak to any Rav or Rebetzin that is willing to say that you are doing such a huge mitzvah that they're willing to give you time, because you're going to have questions daily now. There's going to be a lot of behavioral questions. A girl that was raised 
in a house, let's say, where the mother isn't well and the father can't appreciate that you're taking in the daughter, means there are some major issues going on. means that her way of thinking, that when people do you a favor and you feel the other way, that you can't appreciate it, that is sometimes what the kids will pick up, that when someone helps you, you hurt them back. I know it doesn't make sense, but unfortunately for people that are in pain, this is a very logical way of their thinking. So I just want yes. you to be aware of that. That the yes, more she cares about thing. you, the more she might be giving you pain, the more she might complain. And every time she says, I hate you, she's really saying, I really love you, please don't send me away. Now, I know it sounds crazy, but anyone that deals with the teens at risk will tell you these, are, these bits of information. The minute you set a boundary, you set some limit, they right away take it to an extreme. Because they didn't have safe boundaries, safe limits, that you can have a disagreement, you can have a fight, the minute you get upset, they're right away afraid that you're going to drop them, and they're afraid of rejection. So what they do is they might do the rejections first. They will run away. They will want to leave. Instead of learning the mature way of face it, stick it out and face it. That's what's important for us to recognize. No, I think that she trusts me, started trusting me more. I had a discussion with her yesterday, and the only thing that she was afraid of, that her father shouldn't find out about anything. Shouldn't find out about what? She, that she wanted, that she had gone on the Internet without my permission. Yes. Okay. So that's the one thing she's worried about. But now let's take it to the next level. When you say she also she's has like a violent tendency as well. Say anyway. that again? A violent tendency. I know, but you're referring to the father or to the girl? The, the girl. The girl, which yes. tells you a lot about how she was raised. Was there violence by, by her parents to her, mother or father? No, her father with her, they, they have this kind of rough play. Yeah. Now, do. rough play sometimes can be violent when they get angry. What I'm, what I'm suggesting and what I'm explaining is that there's a lot that now needs to be, this girl needs to be re-educated in what is healthy play, what is healthy interactions. When you have a parent, a parental figure, and they tell you no, how do you deal with it? Like you said, she's an Eberchachem, just to learn how to listen. Like you said, she wants to be free. She doesn't want to hear anything about Yiddishkeit. Leave Yiddishkeit out for right now. That's usually what the Rabbanim suggests when we deal with emotional health. No, I wasn't. I didn't tell anything about Yiddishkeit. It was just like she started having this fear of going when she goes to sleep. The door has to be open. The light has to be open. The window shade has to be open. So I gently asked her, like, if she just says, Krishna, just Shema Yisul. First, she didn't want to listen. And then she said, yes. She said, So I was like, like, not that I was like, that she has to. I, I don't push her anything. Yeah. But that just came up. So I thought, like, of asking her. Okay. So in the text that you forwarded, you said over here, she doesn't want to hear anything about Yiddishkeit. No, she like, whenever she talks about it, she just like talks with such rebelliousness that... Mm-hmm. So that part is what it. I'm referring to when I told you that from the psak that I got from the Rabbanim, at least by me, was first work on her emotional health, first make her heal her the pain, and many times, once you heal the pain, you actually see that a lot of the Yiddishkeit questions all fall away, all fall apart. And you see over there someone that can appreciate the Rabbanish So It's usually all about pain. And when we heal that, we see Yiddishkeit falls into place. Now, I'd just like to announce the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. We're looking forward to taking your question 
or common. So now going back to you, are you also, I would suggest that you also get a little guidance how to deal with, with your children, how they're going to deal with her. She might want something and just grab it. She might say, this is mine. She might not want to give some privacy, which happens a lot in such cases where the family needs some privacy. It means you might want to have her go somewhere for Shabbos. It's important for the kids to feel they have a little privacy, that the family can have a little easiness. When you have someone that's so full of pain like her, she brings a lot of pain until we heal that. And just being in your environment is healing. But your family also needs time. means like the same goes sometimes that... What? I have just two young kids, so I think they're, they're doing okay. For them, it's like a big sister. They enjoy it. Okay, very good. So I'm just going to give you a bit of information that it is possible that she might turn on them sometimes once she, they stop listening to her like a big sister, and they might question her or they might fight with her, and sometimes they might feel that they need a break. So just know that it's normal for that to happen, and for you as well. For you as well to realize that if you need a break, take the break when you need it. This way you don't get burnt out. If you don't take the break when you need it, then you might get burnt out and you don't help anyone else. Rather, you know, take a Shabbos off once a month, but when she comes back, you have you have new strength for that. Other than that, it can be you don't want you burning out. Again, the number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Do you have any more questions regarding this? Um, yes, yeah, so my, my next step should be that I should, I should go for counseling myself to get help, some guidance with her. Yes, continuous, because I can foresee, Lafidera a couple of bumps that's going to be coming up, and you want to be able to prepare yourself or have who to speak to. And sometimes she might even make it sound like there's something wrong with you. Like, you might be questioning yourself after a while. And just being clear keeps you ground, keeps you grounded. Harav Nissen, what do you say to this, please? Uh, do I need to put, put any, like, um, boundaries with her? Of course you need to put boundaries. But, again, you're not asking me what, I don't know what the situation is, what boundaries you're going to put. You need to take into account when you put boundaries. Not, not like walking into my room when it's closed the door. Of course you need to set that up. But the question is, can she handle that? Is now the time to do that? I had a discussion with her yesterday. I think her she makes everything seem like everything's fine with her. But she's, she keeps, she's very secretive, so I, and she doesn't say everything what she thinks. So I don't know, like, how she took it. But I think... I think she took it well. Good. Well, let's see if she actually comes in or not, if she comes into your room or not. I just want to say, you know, I'm sorry that I'm jumping over, you know. Please, her that I know that we're dealing with teenagers and teenagers and risk, and I know that we, I, I myself banned myself so many times. I want to say that, first of all, first of all, uh, I think that the guidance is, is, is to be very strict, and especially teenagers and us. Yeah, I, I understand that you are young couples. It's not simple to all the 16 years old girl in the house. You know, this is something that they very, very big consider about relationship in the house and what is strict. You know, it's something that I think that you have to get from ra- from rabbis. 
this kind of uh, and I know that uh, Mordechai said about how how great is it you know to to bring these kids to our houses and I'm, I'm I saw I saw in my eyes, in my eyes uh, quite a few disasters that happened with this and beside this really <coughs> expect to a lot of falling because the one they're talking and they're very 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 smart very very um, streetwise and unfortunately sometimes they can just a, a lot of people that naive you know thinking that everything is okay on the surface and they have to be I think that the basically you have to get guidance and you know to get the picture from other professional people around around this age What do you think, Mordechai? No, 100%. It's complicated. There's a lot going on with a 16-year-old, plus you're, plus you're a young couple which hasn't really dealt with 16-year-olds. That in itself is sometimes a challenging time. And now dealing with someone with a lot of pain, there's a lot of issues there. And the way she buries it, the way she keeps it is normal. That's a safety technique, a safety tool for her. But we still have to deal with things. And I, things will explode. It means right now she's unsafe by you because she doesn't know how long she's staying. But once she knows she's staying, there can be a lot of pain coming out. But her father is like, she, he's not going to discuss it with us, not me or my husband. And I was thinking, like, if, if we should talk to him about, about this, like, yeah, if she should... If she would make it, if we should tell him that I think that she should stay or not I will understand you're, you're, you are going to be making that decision if she should stay or not what uh, I, I want to thank you for calling in I think it's very important and it's beautiful in the schar and the schus that that what you're doing is unbelievable there's probably from the greatest system that is out there. And with Siata Deshmaya, you should have the wisdom and the knowledge, and the Rabbi Shalom should help you and guide you. And through this chus, all the brachas that there are for taking in or taking care of a yasam or an almana, the Rabbi Shalom, you're taking care of a lebediga yasayma. These are the girls and the people that people don't always know what's happening. And people sometimes think, eh, they don't need anything, and they do. They need a caring family to go ahead and to take care of them. So you're amazing. And yes, thank, thank you, and the Bunchlam should give you kayak for that. Yes. What we are going to do is we are going to go now to Mr. S. Mr. S, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hello? Yeah, hello? Yes. Yeah, uh, a lot of times I feel in Yeshiva that it's overwork. And uh, also, I have a boy in my class. As he was in my old class, I started this year yeshiva, and then he he trusts me. He tries to get me like down to the train. Like he he tells me that I'm pagering him, and also and then all of the boys make fun of me. And I'm I hearing a lot of different issues here. Let's start. What was your first question? My first thing was, a lot of times I feel yeshiva is, is pressure. Yeah. And okay, I let's start I feel, with that. Let's start with that. What's your pressure? I feel oh more more learning, more learning. All day from six forty till 
9 at 840 at 830. Okay. Now and let me ask you, what do your other friends do about it? What do your other kids do about it? The other boys in the class. Other boys doesn't have such a such a um such a tough schedule? No, um not such a tough schedule. Such a uh, such a head like me. As a like I don't know. Um, uh, you have a problem. You have a pro- You you don't have such yeah. a smart head like other kids. Yeah. Who said? Learning goes hard, and now, let me ask I don't you understand. So Do you good. feel pressure? Is there pressure sometimes? Do you go to sleep on time? Do you go to sleep at a regular time? Are you up very late? I'm going like eleven thirty. Do you go to sleep at eleven thirty? Yeah. And wow, and you and that could be reason number one. You might need to be asleep the latest by ten o'clock. If you want to be up at six forty five. Okay. If you're not sleeping enough, that could be first step. Second question there's I'll tell you, you, you brought up a couple of issues happening at once and I just feel sometimes when I get these questions I get a little overwhelmed means if I would have 45 minutes to discuss with you in a therapy session, we'd be dividing your issues. What are your personal issues? Is it scholastic? Do you have a difficulty with, with school? Do you have a difficulty with information or yeah. with friends? Another thing I would be doing is I would want to find out what's happening by your parents. I don't want you to answer that, but what's happening with your family? Do your parents, are they, are they functioning? Do they know how to prepare you for life? Are there some issues going on at home? Are there fighting and screaming going on? No. I need to do a complete evaluation, and you're questioning. You're young, and you're asking a lot of a lot of a lot of warning signs. Kids picking on you, knocking you down. You believe already you don't have a smart head. There's so much going on that it's a lot happening. Yeah. So what I would say is maybe speak to your parents and see if you can speak to the yeshiva and ask them who they would recommend that you speak to. And what should he speak to the yeshiva? The yeshiva is going to find out, well, your, your mother can mention to the yeshiva you're having these issues. It's too hard for you to get up to learn. You believe you can't learn. Your kids are picking on you. And, and, uh, yeah, one, one boy is ahead. Let's stop. Let's stop. I don't want to go into it. I don't want to go into the details now. All right? Yeah. Okay, I, I got you. I hear what you're saying. All I'm saying is the question is a lot more for this little program. You need someone that has experience to do a real evaluation. And you might need, the yeshiva might need help. They're just push it not aware. And that's where almost every school out there, the yeshivas have someone that they send to. Okay, so the suggestion is that you, call, you tell your parents, you spoke to me, I'm sure they're listening in the background, yeah. and your parents should call up the principal and say, my son is having some difficulties. Either your parents speak to the principal and try to work it out, or you try finding out who they'll send to. Okay, because you need someone more experienced for this question. It's, I, I don't want to... Okay. We're going to go there. Thank you. So we're going to go to Ms. L. Ms. L, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hi, you hear me? Yes, hear you loud and clear. Thank you. All right, good. I really enjoy your shows. Like amazing. I I find myself in many situations, and yeah. I seriously appreciate it. 
Sure. I have a question that might sound kind of petty, but I'll go ahead anyway. I okay, have thanks. a sister, like, a few years younger than me, mm-hmm. and she, like, it looks like she was hired to be the prosecutor in the house, I would say, sort of. Yep. So how do I like, go about with such a problem? Like, everything I mention to someone, like, the prosecutor's always there to, like, prosecute. Yeah, now, let's take so how, a how do there. I deal with her? I'm not in- interested in changing her because I can't. How do I deal with it as a sister? So first, your question is, you got a sister that gets involved and that's prosecuting you. And not exactly. just you, but the whole family. But you really don't want to get involved with everyone, so you just want to focus on yourself. Correct. Now, first step is, where are your parents in all this? Um, I might, she's always on the defense for, to, to my parents also. Let's say I would tell my mother, let's say I want to buy a certain shoe. And she would come there, ma, doesn't make sense, it's not for Shabbos and whatever. And my mother would say, you know what, right, doesn't make sense. So, whatever, ah, she's kind of helping out my parents. Thank you, thank you for that. She's kind you of a third parent. Hold on, let's stop what happened. Do you notice what happened? This sister took the role, and that's why I asked about your parents. Your issue between me and you is not really about your sister. Right away. The first issue that you have is with your parents. Not have some issues like they have a, like there's a problem. Mm-hmm. The issue means we need to clarify. And what the conversation is a healthy conversation to have with your parents is as follows. Do you know that I'm really resenting, we'll call the sister, Sister P, for prosecutor. You know what I have with mm-hmm. Sister Prosecutor? We'll just call her Sister Prosecutor. I really don't have an issue with her. She's allowed to say whatever she wants. My issue is that if she says something, you just listen to her right away, and now I feel that I got to deal with three parents, not just two, and it really bothers me. So is there Right, but my parents don't claim that they don't get persuaded from her, but um, I'm seeing it like black and white, sort of. So your, your parents see it as black and white or don't see it as black and white? No, 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 my parents claim that they don't get persuaded by her. Ah, but then you discuss, so you bring up this issue with your parents. Look, they asked about, I asked about the shoes, she said no, and then you said she's right. So that's why, that's why you bring it up. You discuss, that's what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I guess you're, like, very open and, like, clear, sort of. You said you're not open or you need to be? No, I guess I should be very open that's and clear. Right. So I'm trying now, to, like, summarize. your parents are aware, and by the way, I want to hear, Arvnissa, what you say about this, because this is classic. Once the issue is clear between you and your parents that the big issue is that she's getting involved and you feel she's persuading your parents and changing their minds, now that we got that clear, now we go to the next level. The next level is you discuss with your parents and even within yourself how you deal with a sister that's a prosecutor. It happens to be a very simple tool, but you're going to be surprised. The tool is you just completely ignore her. That means when she says something, you just don't reply. Oh, you told your friend, let's say you're telling the friend, let's go out, uh, let's just go for a walk for pizza. And she goes, you can't go for pizza. Mommy said you have to babysit. You completely ignore her as if she's not there, and you tell the friends, you know something, let's go for pizza. Or I realize I forgot that I need to watch the kids, but let me see if I could get someone else. And she goes, no, you can't. I'm going to tell Mommy it's not right. Whatever that is, and you just completely discuss as if she's not there. When that happens several times, then she will stop that process with you. She'll first call you out. Oh, you think you're ignoring me? You think that will work? Oh, I don't care. I'm going to tell mommy anyhow. But this process of you remaining strong and clear and you don't get triggered is what changes the entire focus. 
So every prosecutor like her, I call it a fire, needs the oxygen, needs the air for it to burn. Which means if you say, stop, don't tell me what to do. I'm going to tell you what to do because you're doing the wrong thing. And you go, no, you're not. I'm the older sister. Oh, yeah, well, then why are you making all the mistakes? And you should be doing it. Why should I have to tell you? By you fighting mm-hmm. her means the next time you see you made the mistake, that's why I have to tell you what to do. It so gets I guess I should stop my oxygen flow. That's right. When you stop the oxygen flow that she's not there, and then when a day or two goes by, now I want to clarify, it doesn't mean that you ignore her, that she doesn't exist. It means that whenever she speaks healthy to you, you can reply to her. So if she would, let's say, ask you, hi, big sister, can you help me with homework? Of course. So whenever it's mm-hmm. healthy, you reply. Yeah, obviously she told me when she, like, um, yeah, understand. Okay, sounds good. We'll try it, you know. Hope she That's won't right. be, like, upset not to have her oxygen, you know. That's right. But All right. Realize, it takes about a couple of days. It doesn't just happen because of once. She'll first test you. If you manage for three days that you don't get triggered, and then the fourth day you get triggered, know that the fourth day you need to start again from day one, and she might at the third or fourth day you want to keep your cool, but you will notice that by not giving it oxygen, she changes. And even if she goes, Mm -hmm. oh, so you're ignoring me because of this, you don't even say, yes, I'm ignoring you because of that. If the tone isn't healthy, if she's not speaking in a healthy tone, you just don't give it oxygen. The minute she speaks healthy or she asks you in a nice tone, you don't have to tell you, see, you asked nicely, so now I'm responding to you. No, we don't do that. It's just, sure, uh, what would you like? And then she'll go, well, why didn't you ask me? If she, why didn't you respond earlier? If she asks it in a nice way, then you can say, because I only respond when a question is asked healthy or an appropriate manner. But other than that, that's not something that I deal with. Now realize, all this is step two. Step one is first you need to speak to your parents. It's your parents' role. It's your role to be able to be clear with your parents, and once you work out your issue with the parents, that it's clear that you feel that they're taking her side, and that this younger sister has a say over that, then, and you work it out with your parents, because I believe your parents, when they say they're not taking her advice, they might just, just the way they're speaking, but they, they also agree that the shoes might not be right, then you will not take that pressure or anger at her or anger at your parents and mix it at, e- at either one of them. You'll be able to say, okay, I worked it out with my parents. Now I will work it out with her. Mm-hmm. Listen, I guess I'll first start with number one and then go to number two. That's right. Parents are all All right. Perfect. One. Sounds like we'll be, we'll be great sisters. <laughs> all right. Yes, Thank you so much. And remember, younger sisters want to connect to the older sisters. They want to see that they're valued. They want to see that the older sister respects them. And this might mm-hmm. be the way she wants to show you that she is an equal or she can be your friend. But they don't realize, right. children, many times, they actually do more harm by not doing it the right way. Harv Nissen, what right. do you Makes say? Makes a lot of question? sense, yeah. I don't think I have... All I right, have, thank you so wait, much. Hold on, let's hear it, Harv Nissen. What do you say? anything to add. You just said it all. <laughs> wait, we're not hearing you what? I think that I don't have anything to say because oh, just, you just nah, said you it all. Oh, you always do. You know? It's perfect. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. We are going to go to Ms. Mrs. S. Mrs. S., you're on with Mordechai, and anyone would like to call and ask your question or comment, the number is 718-683-5858, Yes, Mrs. S. Hi, you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Thank you. Okay, first of all, I want to thank you for all the awareness. I mean, it's a huge scar that you, as amount of people that I personally know that are, as you call it, changing the dance, because of the awareness that you're putting out there for free, is unbelievable, just from the people that I know, never wow, mind all the other you. people out there. Anyway, thank you for that. 
Hold on. Before we go anyways, let me just absorb it for a minute because I have a talent of sometimes focusing on what I don't accomplish, and I'm working on focusing on sometimes what we do accomplish. So thank you for that. I mean, the talk between my friends is, like, so different. Like, if, if anybody's complaining about somebody, like, and what's your issue? It's, like, amazing how we always find, like, it, it goes back to us. Yes, that's And it's all the awareness that you put out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, that's... And then before I, I start my question, someone... I want to Go tell ahead. that lady that took in the 16-year-old. Yes. Before, um, I, I had not the same situation. I had an a, a organization that called me up once before Shabbos if I could take two kids to Shabbos. It was a half hour before this man. Anyway, yeah. they ended up staying for a very long time. Yeah. And it was a little kid, so I can't even imagine what a 16-year-old would be like because they were so disturbed and had major yeah. issues. But what I could say is that at that time when I had those kids in my house, I felt like Hashem was taking care of my kids because I was taking care of Hashem's kids. I was yeah. Before that, I was with my kids by the doctor almost every single day because I had kids with wheezing and stuff like that. Since the, this kid was in my house, I stopped going to the doctor with my kids. I mamish felt Hashem taking care of my kids. Yeah. Just as a side point to let her know that it's really something very special that I, I can't even imagine how she could do that. Thank you. Isn't it amazing? I know. I feel that. And, and from my little experience, that's what I saw. And to hear her say that it's so easy, I'm thinking like, wow, she's a real tzaddikist. Yes. And thank you for the chizik because, yeah, unfortunately, when you take in someone like the way she's saying, like that, that girl's father doesn't even talk to her husband, instead of saying, wow, you're a tzaddik, you're taking in my daughter, you're helping her, there are issues going on. In fact, remember, we're having tightness on them for taking in. You know, but anyhow, yes, the schar that they have is unbelievable. I just want to make sure they get some guidance and help because it can yes, be a I actually road. at that point had the organization that placed the kids by me told me then that they have a social worker working for the organization, so any questions I have, I can call her, which was very, you know. Beautiful, 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 excellent. Thank anyway, you. my question is like this. Since you always say that the, the, the kids take after their parents, I have... Yep. My two youngest kids had a very hard time sleeping since they were newborn, babies. Mamish like cat naps until I got a noise machine, which I was extremely against. I didn't want to get my kids used to a noise machine, but I decided I had no choice. And when I got the noise machine, they slept better. This is the second child already that I'm doing this to, even though I really didn't want to. Now, my question is if it's my issue that they're taking from me. Let me ask you, how do you sleep at night? So at night, when I go to sleep, I'm very tired. I fall asleep. I'm usually very tired when I go to sleep. During the day on a Shabbos, I could sleep no problem. If it's the middle of the week, I usually don't have when to go to sleep because I work. But if I ever don't work, I have a hard time falling asleep during the day. So I, I put it as maybe because I'm not used to sleeping those hours, but maybe, I don't okay. know. Let me ask you, let's change the question to a difference. How do you view sleep? Do you view sleep that everything, Merit Hashem, will work out? What do you mean? Do understand. you view that sleep is easy and kids fall asleep and it's no big deal, and even if they have a hard time, it's going to work out, or do you view sleep that Oive is It should be. My older kids, since, since they're, you know, after the baby, after from two years old, no problem putting kids to sleep. I took a few parenting courses, I have all the tips, and, and no problem. It's the babies that I have the problem with. I'll tell you what. 
What's the big deal? If it's not a big deal. I'm just like thinking, what, what's my issue here? I don't know. Because last week you had this lady. You know, there are, certain, there are certain times I say big deal. This is one of those. If mm-hmm. until the baby, so the two years old, you put a noisemaker out there and everything is okay, and from to it moves on, no problem. Go ahead. <laughs> Do it. Well, that's not, but if you tell me you have the six-year-old and the eight-year-old, then it stops. No. We want to go to my parents for Shabbos, and then the problem is the cousin sleep there. So that two-year-old that I started off as a baby with the noise machine still has the noise machine, goes to sleep, no problem, even begs me to go to sleep when he gets tired already. But the yeah. noise machine is still on, maybe because that's my issue. I'm scared to take it off. But yeah. uh, besides well, that, the older kids. What? Just if it starts getting more complicated, that's something else. But right now, life sounds pretty simple for you. Mm-hmm. Keep okay. it simple. Thank you. Yes. You're Appreciate welcome. it. Thank you for your help. Okay, great. And we have over here, we're going to go to two people, and we're going to ask Mr. L. Told, and we'd like to go to Miss R and Miss C, two friends together. You're on the line with Mordechai and Haravnissa. Hello. Yes. Okay. First of all, thank you so much for your hotline. For really enjoying it, and it's very nice of you. Thank you. Okay. I now got a question. So we have a classmate who's been tagging us for a while, and we don't want the friendship. My, not neither of our parents allow it. And we also don't want the friendship. She is not the type of girl who you want to be friends. She has a name, like she has let's, friends. Let's, let's go to the end. Let's stop a second. You don't want to be friends with a girl. Your parents don't want to be friends with a girl. Good. Now let's go. What's your question? Okay, so she's one question. of our neighbors, so it makes it more complicated because she always no, wants no, to I work with us. First tell me the question, then you'll fill me in the information. You'll see how I work. My, ther- my clients sometimes get a, a little annoyed when I do that, when they want to tell me the whole story, and my a- little ADD kicks in. So let's go the other way. <laughs> okay. Let's go to your question, you shake and you'll fill me in the information. What is your question? Can you... How can we be- shake her off without hurting her? You can't, because she's in pain. What can we do? Ah, now you've got the question of a, of a, that's age-appropriate for your age. I mean, I'm not going to announce the age, but... Yeah, that's the, what you're going to be learning in life, that there are times when you need to set a boundary, and if the person's not well, it's not in your job to heal them. You could do it in a nice way, saying, look, at this time right now, we want to be busy with other stuff, or we want to spend time between ourselves, whatever that should be, and I'm sure you'll make a lot of other friends. So that's that. You want to speak to us? I'm showing that to her. And she, she realizes that we don't want to be your friend, but she... No, no, no. You're not saying you don't want to be your friend. What you're saying is you don't want to spend that much time with her. If she wants to ask you something, she could. You want to connect with her. She wants to ask you. It's not like we're in a fight. It's just that... Right, that's what we, we don't want to be in a fight with her, but we don't really want to be her friend. That's right. That's what you're talking about. And we also don't want to walk a lot with her, because then people look at us like we're her friend, and it doesn't leave very good no, impression. No, 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 no. We're not going into now what other people are looking at. We're not focusing on that. You're going way to in a whole different posture. Notice what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you. What happens if it's the other way around? Everyone says, wow, you're her friend, and it's amazing, but she is unhealthy for you. You know the truth. What are you going to do then? Then you're going to be trapped, but everyone says we're a good girl because we hang around her, so maybe we should. No, no, no. It's not about what the world is. We're leaving the world out of that. Now it's right now. You need to learn how to be able to set a boundary and say, you know, we are 
we have people that we call friends that we like to hang around with all the time, and then we have friends that we just know and we see, like there are girls in the class, that we just ask them a question, we move on, but when we sit together at lunch or when we go someplace... We won that relationship with her, but she's, she's one of our neighbors, so like when she sees us um, studying for a test, she could come over and knock on the door, like, you want to teach this to me or... Excellent, and that's what you're going to be telling her now. So what your conversation, let's try a little role play. I'm, you're going to be her and I'm going to be you. And let's say we'll call her Rifki. And we'll go over to and we'll go, look, Rifki. I'm Rifki. Okay, then we'll pick something else. I was just thinking Rifki is a neutral name because it's my wife. So, okay, uh, That's why I can pick that. Okay, I can let her she's actually... also Rifki. She could also be Rifki. Okay, so let's go pick it, Rifki. Look, Rifki, I know that you're coming and you're asking me questions and things like that, and I very, very much appreciate you, and I know you have a lot of strengths. But right now, me and my friend, how we would like to do it is there are certain girls we want to hang around with more, certain girls hang around with others. At different times, we want to be closer to some people. Different times, we want to be a little bit more distant. Right now, we have now our set of friends or our share of friends that we have. And maybe at another time, we'll hang around with you more. So in general, you want to ask me something, you can ask. But like, let's try to limit it a little. and Let's see how you can make other friends because I've already got my group filled up. But it's not because we don't like you. It's not that we were not speaking to you. It's not that we're in a fight. It's just that we have our little clique, and right now we want to stay with our clique. He knows that we don't want her, want her to be our friend. Now you reply that she would. Hold on. This is role play. Now what, you, what would she reply? She would stay quiet, but then she would go telling everyone that we don't want to be a friend. Yes, so that's part of life. That's what you said. You asked, how can you do it? You're dealing with someone that is pain, someone that's got whatever issues they got. And that's part of it. Sure, do you know how many people badmouth me? As, as much as I'm getting credit and all that stuff, but do you know what happens when you're not successful with a client or when you don't take someone? Or when I take someone and I say I'm not able to continue? There's a lot of pain. And but I don't want to hurt Imagine the amount of times I need to stop with someone when I see it's doing better, they're seeing, feeling better, and all of a sudden just because of money we have to stop? It's terrible. It hurts me, and it also hurts the client. This is part of realities. But she's going to feel hurt if I, if I just tell her will. I don't want to. I feel hurt when I have to say no. You'll also feel hurt. You're only focusing on her. What about you? What about you? But I'm allowed you to hurt will. her if I want to save myself. No. You're not even there. You have to learn to set boundaries in life. What happens if you have every single Shabbos? I was just talking to, uh, to someone that they have guests every single Shabbos, and now they put down their foot, and for two or three weeks they're not having any guests for Shabbos, and they saw how different their kids are. So now let me ask you that question. If you're that mother, when I won't have someone come to my house, but the other people are so hurt. But you have a, you have a clearer or a bigger achrayis to your family, the need to be able to balance and say no is something that we need to learn, and to say no out of love, then the person doesn't get hurt. When you say no, you're an idiot, you ruined my life, you're horrible, then the person feels hurt. If it's right now, this is what I want to do, this is where I'm going, maybe at a future time it will change, then, it takes, then it's easier. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so what I you're telling... Now what? I don't want to be your best friend, I could be your... That's right. We still know, you can ask me something, but let's limit it to one question a, a, a day, or one question in two days. Maybe things will change in a month or two. Right now, uh, we just need our little space. Oh. But she's going to tell us, like, I'm, I'm really good now. Why don't you want to be my... So 
Well, you tell it to me. So use those words. Tell me. But I'm really good now. Yes. Say it. This is role play. You got to act like her. Okay, but I'm really good now. Why would you want to work with me now? I really I understand with me you. What I'm asking for is about three or four weeks, and we'll discuss it again three, four weeks. It's not only about you. It's also about me, and it's about that I need a little bit with my friends and, and my stuff that I need right now. So but I'm, I'm your sure next-door neighbor. Why can't you teach it to me for two minutes, and then I'm going? Okay. So which part am I not clear when I'm just asking to do, like, one thing once a day? That's it. And that's it. For about three or four weeks. That's but she wants asking. more than one thing once a day. What? She really wants to be my best friend. Okay. So now what are we... So let me clarify to you. I am not... It takes two people to be a best friend, right? You to me and me to you. I don't want to hurt you by saying I don't want to be a friend. I am, I'm, want to be a friend. I just don't want to be your best friend right now. I just don't want it right now. That's it. I'm not sure if I can tell that to her. That, no, that's the pain, because if she's that pushy, then you need to learn to be that blunt. If you can't be that blunt, in other words, the first time you're not saying, I don't want to be your best friend, you're saying, but right now I need a little space. But I want a little space. We could still be friends, but I'm your best friend. You must do it to your best friend. So right now I don't want to be your best friend for three, four weeks. Else you want to do it for three, four weeks to give a little space. You okay, thank you very much. Are you clear about the importance of being more direct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to I'll understand... I'll try it. I'll call you back. With pleasure. I also want you to understand something. If you can master it now at your young age, then you're setting yourself up for life when you are able to help others, your family, and then when to set a boundary. Because in life, there's always a give and take. You are sometimes the givers, and sometimes you are the takers. Sometimes you will have to say no. Sometimes other will tell you no. And if you can understand the other person, because you had to say sometimes no, then you can accept a no. So I could accept it, no, but I really have, a, a, like, a problem saying no. That's right. I don't so like until, saying no. That's right. Until you're not balanced with saying and giving a no, then you're not comfortable with it, and that balance is what's needed. Okay, thank you very much. You're very, very, very welcome. You really helped me a lot. Thank you. Okay, Thanks. sure. And we are going to go to Mr. L. Mr. L, you're on Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Yes, Shalom Aleichem. Uh, I wanted to ask about uh, something that happens in yeshivas uh, that uh, a lot of times boys have a issue uh, they they call burnout, and I wanted to know first how 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 do you deal with that? How do you guide uh, maybe bachrim or people who have uh, issues of uh, maybe maybe they have a low self esteem or maybe they have the issue of of maybe uh, their perfectionism, and the two, the two, the looking to two to be too perfect, and uh, and uh, causes them maybe to, to 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 burn out, as they call it. So, what I really appreciate your question, I really do. And the question is, how do you help people? How do you prevent burnout? Now, I'd like to take it a step further. When I like taking questions like that, I enjoy when we have questions of detail. James, can you give me an example? Do you work with Bacharim? Do you have a specific Bacharim mind? Because yeah, I, burnout can be I work one with out Bacharim of a thousand different reasons. I do have, I have Bacharim in mind, and, uh, and they sometimes cannot function, and they have issues of, of functioning, and uh, you know, they can't continue 
be learn, maybe learning, they have need a break of learning, and the peer pressure around will not will not uh, allow them to stop when they, maybe they have to stop and have a break and have a, and relax. All right. So I'll tell you, a question like this is very difficult for me to answer because we're asking for an hour share. That's usually why when we have specific details with a specific person, we can pinpoint what are the issues. If the issue is peer pressure, we could target peer pressure. If the issue is that they don't know how to take, let's say if it's peer pressure, then the school will work with peer pressure that they should understand the importance of taking a break. If the issue is that the person themselves don't know how to stop, then something the school needs to turn teach, sort of like we just had these girls, where we need to teach them that it's important at times to say no. We really do. And part of what we need to be able to teach in the yeshivas, where the rabbeim are able to do is now take a break. And if the rabbeim or teachers don't do it, then to have the parents do that. So again, burnout comes from many, many reasons. Burnout could come from not balancing appropriately, not eating well, not sleeping well, not having the right chavrusas, trying to push yourself more than you can, trying to impress a rebbe trying to get Chavrusas next, next month, being a perfectionist, having some emotional disabilities, some anxiety or OCD or OCPD, whatever those are. Burnout can come from not having a little break in the middle, just like after every Masechta, you make a little seam, not having any of that. Burnout can also be having very high expectations. Burnout could be the Rebbeim, or of that class is setting too high expectations. Burnout can be that there's a goal that the parents are pushing them to do a certain level. Burnout can be that they have brothers that were more successful at that age. Notice these How are about just self-esteem? Some... How about the self-esteem? How about boosting the self-esteem? Well, again... You didn't mention, you know, you didn't mention that. I'm, I'm, I, know, I know that you know that you have some series of, of uh, CDs about self-esteem. Yes, but let, let's take it a second. If someone doesn't have a self-esteem, I wouldn't even call it burnout. I would almost use the words they don't even really start means they might drop out. Not that it's not there. Let's first say, yes, self-esteem can be part of it. But when you usually say burnout, it's most many times the other issues. But again, notice how all those issues, I don't have an answer to that because I don't speak to this boy on what's going on. I'm not involved with the class. Right. I don't know right. each one in particular, and that's where you need a very detailed, a detailed issue to know what's happening. Okay, I appreciate it. Sure. Thank you. Your first sure. your shiurim uh, and night are very uh, helpful for for the listeners out there. And uh, thank you for doing your avodah Thank you. Wait, stay on the line a second, Harv Nissen. I want to ask both of you. What do you say? We just received a message when I was helping out these girls. That it's time. That it's important to say that they need a break, and sometimes to say that right now I don't want to be your best friend. I just want to be your friend. So someone sent this message. I don't know how old these girls are. But that's not easy to say to a girl in your class. In fact, I don't think it's even nice. What would you say to that? I happen to agree with this person. But what do you say to that? I, I, I agree 100%. It's not easy. Definitely it's not easy. But sometimes, you know, just you have to, to face life. And uh, I think it's helped, many times helps also the person, the other person, to realize that uh, it's, it's really something that has to back up and give to the other side also the, the free choice. I think that is a definitely not easy. I would say that 100% is not easy. I want to mention about the, the uh, Mr. L, about the, the question. 
that many times of cheshek or, you know, steigening and, and the learning, it's also coming with, what do you say, peer pressure, but yeah. also a lot of questions that not getting answer. And Ashkafa, and I had, I had uh, this week I had uh, a boy that uh, spoke about, you know, that a lot of his friends trying to, to you know, discourage, talking about uh, how is, if it's true, the Torah, and all these kind of questions that, and, and Yeshiva boys studying, uh, you know, discover around themselves. And it's something that's very important to the yeshivot and to the, uh, you know, the teachers, that we are the Jewish people as obligation to know, not to believe, to know about the Kadosh Baruch Hu, about what is really about uh, religious. And something that uh, we sometimes forget about it, or just seeing it, looking at the kids is stagnant, but he felt, he is feeling emptiness because he doesn't know what he's doing. Yes. I, I think also that if a person has a, a positive outlook on what he's doing, like, like you said, Nisim, that he, that he feels positive that he's doing Torah Mitzvot, I think that, that also will maybe, may help the situation of a person burning out because he's always happy and he has happiness of what he's doing. That's, that's the, the issue. How you bring the, the happiness or, or the, the cheshek to learn if he feels that his ground is not solid. If he feels that as a many questions that he is afraid to ask his rabbis because then the rabbi can tell him that he's apoc- apicorus. You know, this is the b- b- this issue here. And the issues are sometimes we, f- we have to address it to our mechanchim, our, to, our, to our self, basically. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. What do you say to the part that it's that it's that this person said that it might not be right at all, that it's not nice to tell that to the girl? What do you say to that? Um, I mean, it it could be done sweeter. It could be done maybe taking the girl out to eat, maybe taking her out to to buy her, you know, for ice cream. And if it's done, it could be if it's done in a nice way, a sweet way. But, uh, you know, it, it, could, it could accomplish it nicer and, and that the girl will understand that you're really doing it because you, you appreciate her, you like her, and, and it's, it's not as if you're trying to be mean to her. That's right. So the concept is that you're not meaning to be mean, but you still need to put the plug. And if these people sometimes are very pushy and sometimes manipulative, well, if I'm nice, then why aren't you doing it? Then why aren't you my friend? And at times you need to be, but that is what's happening. So again, I agree with that message, and that's why I brought it up. I feel that is important. It's important to say that it might not have been that nice the way I said it. However, through the practice and through real world, it won't be exactly the way I said it. But still, the important part to be able to say no is something that we've got huge issues this generation. In the Goish world, it's called Dear John Later. Yes, I don't know that Dear John Later. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Okay, so we yeah. are done, you know, basically. We pushed the show. We, I know that Excellent. we start late. Yeah, thank you for the extra time. We have thank, thank you, you very time. much. You're welcome. Hatzlacha. And have a wonderful evening. Thank, thank you, Harv for thank another you. wonderful program. Thank you very much.